Hi, I'm McKenna, and welcome to Fight for the Family, a podcast where we acknowledge Satan and his attacks and use God-given principles and gospel-centered strategies to defend, protect, and strengthen our families. Let's get to work. Hello, friends. So happy to be in the ring with you today. Um, can I tell you something that maybe someone hasn't told you in a while that you probably need to hear? You actually can't do it all. <laughs> I know you'd never like hearing that, but it's important for us to hear that once in a while and be reminded that while we want to do it all, all the time, we actually can't do it all. And today we're going to chat about about what we can do and and why we shouldn't try to do it all. Now these days, especially with how small our world is, right, with social media and the internet and information, we know about things that are happening all over the world, right? Which is great some days and other days it's very overwhelming. <laughs> um, for me, I feel like it... It adds to the things that we feel like we should be doing, right? And there are so many worthy pursuits and desires in the world, like world peace (laughs) and saving the planet, continuing your education, creating and raising a family, which is a whole big thing, right? Serving, developing and discovering your talents, church obligations that you have, making friends, spending time with those friends, reading, spending time with your family, traveling, politics, and the list is literally endless. There are so many things that we could do (laughs) in this world that we could dedicate our entire lives to and never finish. Um, And a lot of those are good, right? There's nothing bad about wanting to save the planet or to have more peace in the world or to learn more things or to meet more people, right? But the thing is, that while we have so many good desires and intentions, um, we don't have enough time, energy, or capacity to physically accomplish all of those things at the same time, right? We literally, physically, mentally, emotionally cannot do it all. So what do we do if we can't do it all, right? Some things that I have learned, because I go through phases, and maybe you're the same way, I go through phases, probably like every six months to a year where um, I take on too much or I I start to want to take on more um, and I have to, at some point before I go too far down the rabbit hole, remind myself that, hey, <laughs> you can't do all of this. So what do you do, right? And so for me, something that helps is taking the time to identify what really matters to you. Um what do you want out of life, right? What are your goals? What is your vision? If you could have like your perfect your perfect life that's actually achievable, <laughs> what would it look like? Um and also, where are you feeling led to? Where where do you feel God stirring your heart or leading your conversations or your thoughts or what keeps like coming up in your life that you've been maybe kind of ignoring? Um And then also, what brings you real joy and fulfillment? Um, I recently, and I've mentioned it a few times on a few episodes, I've recently gone through one of these seasons where I was doing too much and not of the right things. 
And it was hard to let go of those things because they were good things, right? I was helping people. I was growing a business. Um, but I felt God leading me to slow down, to say no to things, to pivot, right? We've talked about that, to, to just a different season where I'm doing less or different things that are actually more important that I had been ignoring, um, and it can be hard to identify these things. So if you find yourself really unable to see, ask somebody that you're close to that you trust and love who knows you well to maybe help you kind of see that and identify those, okay? What's most important? What really matters to you? Like if you died tomorrow, what would you want to have filled your life with, right? That's a little morbid. But but really, that really helps put in perspective. Um, where do you feel like God's been leading you or what has he been putting in your path that you've maybe been ignoring? And what actually brings you real joy and fulfillment? Um, The next thing to think about is what we actually have control over um, and control those things. Because, newsflash, you can't control everything. (laughs) You can't control everybody. Literally, the only thing you can control is you. The The decisions that you make, how you react to situations and other people's decisions, how you spend your time where your thoughts are, what you're consuming, right? You only have control over you. Um, And that can be really freeing and it can also be terrifying at the same time because we love to not always be in charge of ourselves. We like to blame other people for things sometimes. But it's really important to, to take the fact and know the fact that you get to control you and that is it. Um, another thing is to own that every yes you say to something is a no to something else. Okay. (laughs) Let me say it again. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Okay. You are not limitless. You are not energy for like, you don't have limitless energy. You don't have limitless time. Um, you have a, you have a cap on your time, on your energy, on your mental and emotional capacity. And so every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. And owning that fact and being aware of that, I think, is huge. So all of this to say that I think it's really important. Realizing that Satan would love nothing more than to rob us of our precious, very limited time by filling it with distractions and the quote-unquote good things, but not the best things. And I think realizing that is so crucial in this life um, and in, in owning your life and taking control of your life and, and living your best life. Um, and I would take a second also with all this stuff and like write down what are the things that are good that Satan is maybe using to distract you because there are so many good things and like I said before, it's not bad to want them. It's not bad to, to, they're just not bad, but they're not the best, right? And Satan would love to literally rob you of your entire life by distracting you with good things and keeping you from the best things. So you're like, great, McKenna, that was, yes, but when now what, right? That's a little bit overwhelming. It's hard to know where to start. So I personally am going to suggest that you start by following 
the recent counsel from our prophet, Russell M. Nelson, from this very last April General Conference, in the talk he called Prioritizing Spiritual Momentum. Okay, if you haven't revisited that talk, if you missed that talk, go back and listen to it and read it. I re-listened to it this morning, which is how we got here. (laughs) It's a fantastic talk, as always. President Nelson never lets us down. But that is where I'm going to suggest that you start. And I'll go over a little bit what he talks about in this talk. But, um, yeah, I'll just start there. (laughs) I'm going to get ahead of myself. So he talks about a lot of things in this talk. But kind of the meat of it is that he gives us five things to help us prioritize and create spiritual momentum. Okay? Um, And momentum is things that get us going, right? They kind of slingshot us forward. And then once we get going... It's easier to keep momentum. It's hard to get it started, but once we get it going, it starts to more naturally and effortlessly flow, giving us lots of power, right? So the very first thing that President Nelson says we should do to get this spiritual momentum is to get on the covenant path and stay there. So wherever you're at in your own journey on the covenant path, whether um, you're, you know, you've made all your covenants and now it's just trying to keep them right? We can always do better keeping our covenants. I don't care who you are. (laughs) There's always something we can be doing better to keep our covenants. Whether that's you've maybe drifted a little bit from the covenant path and you aren't keeping all of your covenants, you can always repent and come back to that, right? Um, Or maybe you haven't even started and um, and baptism into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that first step on the covenant path. So wherever you're at, Or maybe you're in the process of making other covenants, right? Wherever you're at, get on the path, stay there, and do all you can to protect those covenants and to keep those. Um, They literally are the key to, like, all of our power. (laughs) Covenants are amazing. They're hard sometimes, but they're amazing. The second one is to discover the joy of daily repentance. Um, And if you haven't listened to my repentance podcast episode, go back and listen to that um, cause that was also from this last conference, my thoughts on, on a talk from there about repentance, but, um, repentance really can be joyful and it should be joyful and it should be something that we do every day. Right. And we talked about that a lot in that episode. So go back and listen to that, but really discover the joy of daily repentance and use repentance. Right. Um, the third one is to learn about God and how he works. Right. If you have a new friend, you get to know them and understand them by spending time with them, by opening up and getting vulnerable with them, by helping them to get to know you, right? That's how relationships work. It's the same thing with God. We have to spend time with him. <laughs> we have to tell him our deepest, darkest, most intimate thoughts and feelings and fears and desires. Um, and we have to listen to him too, right? It's not a one way, let me just talk at you street. Um, but time is a huge one. We have to spend time with him. And what does that look like? That looks different for everybody. But for me, it's praying, having a consistent prayer practice slash. I also pray all day long. (laughs) Um, just sharing with him. Help me here. I'm not sure about this. Help me make sure I'm making the best decision here. What do you right? Like, it's just kind of an open conversation to be honest. Um, And then I also work really hard to get in the scriptures 
at least a little bit every day. And I am imperfect, so it doesn't always happen. But probably like 90% of my days, I open the scriptures at some point. Sometimes it's on my phone because that's the way it is. Lots of times it's my physical scriptures, even if it's just a few verses, maybe it's a chapter, maybe it's 20 minutes, right? But getting in the scriptures and, and trying to really learn from them and listen and feel the spirit is huge. Um, also just like pondering with God, sitting with God, like whether that's in the temple, which is obviously one of the best places to do that. But if you can't get to the temple, go outside, go find a really peaceful place. And I like to just sit and breathe. And those are honestly some of, besides the temple, the best places that I feel God and feel connected. And I can feel that he loves me and I can listen a little bit better to what he's trying to tell me. Um, so make space to spend time with God in all those different ways. Um, number four is to seek and expect miracles. And I just loved this one. Um, it's so human of us to like, pray for something and of course doubt that it could ever happen, (laughs) right? Like we have this thing that we want or an outcome that we would really hope for and we pray about it and we ask so sincerely and we're not sure how it could ever happen, but you pray for it because you want it. But then there's this little voice inside of you that's like, there's no way that's ever going to happen. But, but we want to try, right? But we need to get better at expecting those miracles happen. First, we have to seek them, right? I do think it's important to ask for miracles and and sometimes specific miracles, right? Um, I think that's a really key thing to miracles is, is seeking them and asking for them and doing the action required to maybe get them there, right? Or to show that you want them and have and that you have that faith. Um but also expecting them. And this is one that I need to work on, but expect miracles. Like don't don't doubt God and and be watching for whatever crazy thing he's going to do to make it happen because he does that all the time. And one one way that I've tried to get better at like acknowledging miracles is just seeing little things in my family, right? So like um, my son really struggles with sensory issues and it's been a year of just kind of an uphill battle. We're starting to get better. We've gone to therapy. It's helped a lot. And there are days where it's just awful, but then there'll be days where like miraculously he'll be fine. He'll get dressed. He will wear the thing that he yesterday was screaming bloody murder about wearing, right? He will voluntarily put on socks to play a game or, whatever, right? Like there'll be times where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe that just happened. And that is a miracle. And so I think just like expecting and identifying those miracles helps too, so that you get better at expecting them and expecting bigger ones. And so when you notice the little ones, I think that becomes easier. So seek and expect miracles. And the last one, number five, that President Nelson shared is end conflict in your personal life. Um, this one's also really hard, <laughs> but, um, with, with time and intention and prayer and repentance and humility, um, it's something that I think we can all achieve, but definitely something we all need to work on, whether that's just you, right? I struggle with yelling too much in my house and that causes contention, right? Or being the first one to say, sorry, that's a really big one. Or just really taking the time to, take care of your relationships and be intentional about those 
And this is one I'm always working on, but even just those little things, right? Or if you have a big conflict with a family member or, or a coworker, work on on doing what Christ would do and and ending that conflict. And and like President Nelson mentions in this talk, we don't always maybe it was this talk, maybe another one, but we don't always get to see the results of like being forgiven. Sometimes people don't forgive us, but we can still end the contention in our hearts of that situation, even if the other person chooses not to, right? Because we don't get to control the other person. We control us. So we can do whatever we can do to, to get contention out of our hearts, out of our actions, and out of our personal lives to better bring the spirit and help us on that journey to more spiritual momentum. Um, so just to wrap it up, I really do truly believe that increasing our spiritual momentum will give us godly power to discern Satan's distractions and help us know how to best use our time and what we can do and should do with the very precious life and limited time that God has given us. It will help us discern between the good things and the best things, help us to know what to say no to and what to say yes to, um, and just direct us in this beautiful crazy adventure of life and lead us back home well friends i can't thank you enough for taking a few moments to spend in the ring with me today if you found this podcast helpful i would so appreciate if you reviewed it shared it with some friends took a picture and tagged me on your stories i really believe that every family is worth fighting for and so if you would help me spread the word that would be so appreciated um hope you have a wonderful day see you next week and remember that your family is worth fighting for